guys, we are back, tasted and seen, with another episode. Today we're actually bringing in Patrick Lightfoot from Colorado. He's a church planner in Traverse Christian Church, and it's been going for a few years now. And he's got some awesome stories of how um, he's tasted and seen God recently. I actually haven't sat down very often or much at all with Patrick and had coffee or anything, but our paths have crossed multiple times through events. Um, and then Matt Branham, the head minister at North Point Christian Church, is he hangs out or talks with Patrick quite often. So I hear a lot of stories about you, Patrick. Um, mostly all good, but it is Matt. So, you know, you never <laughs> Matt, know. Not, for sure. not everything that Matt shares is true. So hold tight to that. <laughs> <laughs> good to know. Good to know. <laughs> but yeah, Patrick, um, thanks for coming on. Yeah. Uh, how have you tasted and seen God recently? Yeah, no, it's a great question. Thanks for having me on, guys. I appreciate the opportunity just to share uh, in the goodness of God, because that's really what it boils down to. Uh, before I get into that, though, Tristan, we need to fix uh, one of the things that you said about we've crossed paths, but we haven't sat down for coffee. So the next time I'm in Spearfish, you and I were going to lunch, breakfast, coffee, or hit a bucket of golf balls. I don't care. We'll do something fun together. How's that sound? Sounds like a date. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, love it, yeah. Is this, is it a bromance now? Is that what they call it? No. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's that's yeah. close enough. Good enough. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I uh, I love the passage that you guys sent to me talking about uh, tasted and seen. It's found in uh, Proverbs 34, uh, 8. Uh, and I just kind of really just kind of reflected on those two words for a moment uh, before I put some thoughts together on tasting and seeing the Lord. And uh, tasting is something you have to try. And uh, I think uh, many people miss out on tasting who God is because they won't try it. Uh, my uh, my son, Nolan's 20, and uh, he's got the taste buds of a fourth grader. He doesn't like to try new foods. And so he's got some like texture issues. So all the time I'm always like, dude, you got to try this. It's really good. You got to taste this. You got to taste this. He's like, no, I'm not going to try it. I'm not going to try it. And then inevitably he tastes it. He tries it. He's like, oh my gosh, this is so awesome. And I'm like, dude, why didn't you try this sooner? So for years he wouldn't eat biscuits and gravy. And at our home, that is one of the things I like to do like once a month is make a big old pile of gravy. Mom makes homemade biscuits. It's awesome. It is so good. It is like manna and quail from heaven is what biscuits and gravy is. And he would try, he would try them. Finally, he decided, okay, I'm going to try it. And he tasted it. And he's like, this is really, really good. And so when I was thinking about the, that word tasted specifically, uh, I think people aren't willing to try and taste of the Lord because they think, am I going to get a, you know, steamed broccoli or mushrooms or oysters or whatever it is like you just don't like, and they just don't try it. And so I think so much of it is just like, we got to give the Lord a chance and we can taste how really good he is. And so, but just specifically to your question, one of the areas that I've seen and tasted the, the goodness of the Lord is uh, in the life of a guy that uh, I discipled for about two and a half, three years. Grew up in the Mormon church. Um, he was baptized at the age of eight, really dysfunctional family, um, had no idea about the Mormon faith, let alone why he was baptized. Uh, fast forward in his early 20s, uh, his mom passed of cancer. And uh, one of the phrases he shared with me after losing uh, his his mom to cancer, he talked about how he hated God. And up to that point, he had never really tasted or seen the Lord. You know, he, he knew about religion and the, the do's and the don'ts of stuff, but not really had tasted who Jesus was. 
And uh, about four years ago, he showed up at our church. Uh, his daughter was uh, the manager on the basketball team. My son played high school basketball, so we knew Emily, his daughter. And him and his wife, Liz, and his daughter, Emily, started coming to church. And um, this guy's weird. That's all I can tell you. He's just weird. He's different. Uh, during October, it's uh, cancer month. He, he shaves his head and he, he has a, a, a pink mohawk. He does that in honor of his mom. So of course, when he comes in in October, which is going to be this next month, we're about a, a week out from October, he will have his, his pink dyed mohawk to celebrate his mom. And if you've ever seen a guy walk into a church with a pink uh, mohawk, a, he grabs attention. And so that just gives you kind of a picture of who he is. So anyway, God put him in my path and just started walking with this guy, answering questions. Um, we have a, a disciple-making strategy here at our church and started walking with him in that. And this past summer, uh, he he made the decision to confess Christ and be baptized. And so for me, as someone who's pouring my life into other people to see Patrick, is his name too, Patrick, taste and see the Lord work has been awesome. I mean, it is... It's tasting and not just tasting, but like marinating and really feeling, tasting, knowing those flavors of who the Lord is and seeing that in the other people's lives is, is a joy for, for me. Because that's the other thing with taste. Taste is something, I think we're just, a taste is a glimpse of what is. Uh, when you have a taste of something, uh, it's just for a moment, right? Um, or you see something, a lot of times it's just for a moment. But when we get to heaven, we're going to sit at his banquet table and we're going to we're going to taste the fullness of who the Lord is. And so I think he gives us these little snippets of what taste is. And so I've been seeing that in, in Patrick's life uh, over this last uh, year specifically. He's read through the finished and read the uh, Old Testament. He's just now diving into the New Testament on his own and the questions he's asking. And so for me, that's been a, like a big morsel of taste that I'm getting from the Lord. Is this seen in other people's lives? I think that's really awesome. And I appreciate the way you kind of broke down even what we were talking about, what this podcast is about, because that's a fun way to actually interpret it and look at it. That's very true. There's good times and bad times in life, but the good times, yeah, even in the bad times, you can have these small little glimpses and tastes of God and who he is and what what kind of king we get to worship and serve. That's awesome. I appreciate that. I think your story, um, I think that story shares the power of the gospel. Like somebody brought to my attention a little bit ago that so many people try to add to the gospel to try to like get people in when really the gospel itself is so powerful. Like it literally changes the directions of lives. It changes the choices you make. It changes absolutely everything. And that just shows the power in, in the truth behind um, the words that we get to read in the Bible. Yeah, absolutely. And Tristan, to your point, um, you know, he's still good in the bad times too. You know, he doesn't waste hurts or pains. He uses those to grow us, to shape us, to deepen our trust uh, with him. And um, I think too often we have this paradigm in the culture we live in that man is good and, and God is bad. And the paradigm should be just the opposite of what the word teaches, that man is bad and God is good. And he's good all the time. Uh, you know, just today as a pastor, I hear and see the worst in people's lives. Uh, one of uh, We've got a family at our church. They, he just lost a grandparent really hard. She's 93. Uh, and we're, we're mourning with the family, but we're celebrating because, you know, she was, uh, it was her time, you know, lived a long, faithful life. And so, but it still hurts. And God is still good in these moments too. And that's the other thing I want people to know about 
walking with Jesus, uh, he never says, man, once you say yes to me as your king, as your Lord, as your savior, it's going to be so easy. It's, it's going to be a, a bed of roses. But what he does promise, it's going to be a bed of roses with thorns along the way. And so we're going to have some, some scrapes and cuts and some wounds that are going to be painful. But you know what? Uh, as I read through Psalm 34, uh, there was several words that I wrote down that, you know, he redeems, he saves, uh, he's interested in us. He comforts us. He's with us. He's our refuge. All these words kept coming up. And I'm like, well, David's speaking out of the heart of trial when he wrote that. Like, it's a hard place that he's in. And we can still taste his goodness. We can still see his goodness. Uh, sometimes right in the moment, it may be hard to see, like, why is this happening? Uh, why is this difficulty? But when you pass through those things and you have that moment to, like, look back and reflect, you're like, ah, that is the little nugget. That is the goodness in this thing that was really difficult. But what he was using to grow me, to shape me, to mold me into something that I can't be on my own. And so he's always working upstream. That's what a good friend of mine says, Raleigh. Uh, I think you may know Raleigh, you guys, one of you. We yep. do. Uh, we both know him, yeah. Yeah. And Raleigh says it all the time. God's always working upstream. And you're right, Raleigh. He's always working upstream and uh, just just keep trusting in um, what you taste and what you see. It's good. Even in the bad time. And that's really our hope with these stories, with these testimonies of how people have tasted seeing God, that people can listen to this. We can listen to these stories that people are sharing on here. And in the hard time, they can be encouraged that God is still here. God is with you. God is with us. He's doing awesome things. And sometimes we just need that little encouragement. That's, you know, even going on church on Sundays, we... We're there to encourage one another, build each other up, remember who our king is, remember what he's done, remember he is there for us. And sometimes it is hard when you're going through a hard time to sometimes see God and you need the church to come around. You need others to come around and say, hey, he's here. He's right here with you. Let me show you what he's doing in my life. Let me show you what he's doing over here across the world. I mean, it's just awesome to hear stories how God is not just here in Spearfish. He's in Colorado. He's in China. He's in all these other places at the same time. And I think that's encouraging that one person can go through a hard time, but God's right there with them and he's right there with us all. And my hope is through these stories that people can be encouraged and uplifted if they're going through a hard time. They can say, yeah, God is with me. In that hard time of someone passing away, I can celebrate if they know Jesus, man, that's yeah, it's a huge celebration. It's awesome. It's encouraging. It is hard because they're not here, but it's encouraging because they get to see, taste, and see God in the full, like you mentioned. Yeah. And I love it when other people get to taste and see. It's like the first time you taste something that someone's never tasted before. Uh, just got back from Cuba, a seven-day mission trip. And my daughter and I, we got to eat some food we'd never tasted before. And so there's like this nerve or like fear of tasting it. Cause you're like, oh man, what if it's bad? What if it's just like repulsive? Like, oh, so, so bad. Uh, sorry about that. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, but when you taste it and you, those flavors hit your tongue, you're like, oh my gosh, this is awesome. And to see people's face light up. And that's the same thing when they taste the Lord, you get to see that in your life. Uh, that's so much fun. Or someone sees something amazing. My wife just shared the story uh, uh, two weekends ago. She climbed her first 14,000 uh, foot um uh, peak uh, since a knee replacement. She had her knee replaced two years ago. So that's been one of her goals. And so her and a friend at church, uh, Jenny Brooks, they went up and they climbed together and uh, 
climbed this 14er and they got to the top and there's a lot of other people there. And she said it was silence. It was like they were in a museum and people were just in awe of what they were seeing. And if you've ever climbed a high peak and you get to the top, it's breathtaking. And even people who don't know the Lord yet, uh, when they see something that, that is uh, undescribable or awestruck, you see a lot in nature, those things. Um, I love seeing that when people are just, they, there's no words to share. Like, wow, look at what we are witnessing. Look at what we're seeing. And so not just what we see in nature, but for me as a pastor, what I see in the lives of people, um, that's really exciting for me to see when they when they see how good God is in their life or in the lives of other people. I love that you use the word awe because it's so gracious of him that like sometimes we experience things and they're good at first, but like the more it happens, the more we get used to it. Um, and then it's not as cool anymore. But how good is it that God is so gracious that when we experience his goodness, it almost seems to actually get better every time because you're experiencing it at a deeper level every time and in different ways every time. Like it's not just the same old thing. It, he, God is all of these things. The words that you were using, redeemer, comforter, savior. He is all of these different things because his character is so deep. So we get, we experience him once and then it just gets better because we experience different parts of him and at a deeper level every time. And we get to be in awe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. And if we don't take the time to be in awe, I think like the danger is there of getting used to it or stop, like then you stop looking for the different ways. So I think it's important too to take time in awe so that when we do experience those good things, like take time to thank him and be gracious and sit in it. Um, soak it in. Yeah. Well, I, th- I think you make a good point too about sitting in it. Uh, I'm doing a lot of study right now on Sabbath. And we, we live in a culture of hurry and we miss a lot of the allness of who God is because we're, we're looking at these things, right? Our phones like, okay, checking out what does the feed say? And what is the social media thing? And, you know, I just had an alarm go off on my phone just a second ago. It's just like, it's always something. And uh, just the importance of us to stop and um, take those Sabbath moments or Sabbath days, sections of time where we're just going to soak it in is what you said, which I appreciate it. We don't do enough soaking. Uh, we just live in this culture where it's how fast can we go on to the next bite? And we really don't taste much. You know, the, the taste of the world is really bland when you compare it to the Lord. And so because that doesn't satisfy, we keep chasing these other tastes or other things to be seen that are just, there's no awe to them. There's no uh, pause. There's no majesty. There's not, it just doesn't satisfy. And uh, unfortunately, we live in a culture that says, go chase and go taste and go see this. And if you see this, it'll be better. And it, it just, it's not the same. It's not even close. So I appreciate you sharing uh, about, you know, soaking in those moments. Matt said something. He's kind of been on a kick, kind of that, like you have been talking about Sabbath. He's been soaking in Sabbath and, and reflecting on his own life. But he said something that was powerful to me was we, we display on a banner and we're proud and it's a badge of honor if we're busy. And I was like, that's true. People ask, how are you? And you say, I'm busy. And he was just explaining that. And that is something that Satan is really good at right now of distracting us from tasting and seeing, but also just soaking and being in awe of God is we are nonstop busy and we're proud of it. And I think that's a lie that Satan has got to be normalized. We just go, 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 and it's good to go, go, go. But yet, as we all know in Psalms, like he says, be still, like soak in me. Know know that I'm here with you. Know that I'm right here with you. 
Yeah, if Jesus took time to, if the Lord in flesh took time to go to a solitary and quiet place, I don't know why we think that we can run without doing that also. Intentionally too. And that's been something huge on my life. It's just intentionally. That was part of the podcast. The reason why we started it is just intentionally sharing your stories, intentionally being thankful of what God's doing in your lives. Um, we had a just a fun day at a person's property a couple days ago, and I shared a devotion, and, and I asked God just what He wanted me to share, and I had my Bible open to Psalms, and it was just right there: is be thankful. And you can read as you as you shared. David was in a hard time, and yet he's saying, "I'm thankful, God, for this. I'm thankful that you're this. I'm thankful that I have this. I'm thankful." In this midst of trouble, he was praising and being thankful. And when you talked about in the midst of hardships, we reflect. And I was instantly thinking of Paul, like how many letters was he writing in the midst of a terrible hard time of his life? And he was he was get, he was tasting and seeing what God was doing. He was like putting it all together, you know, the Holy Spirit and everything. It was just I'm sure it's powerful for him in a time of reflection to be able to rewrite all what went, what happened and how God moved in the story he was getting to tell. But it was all in a hard time. It was not easy. <laughs> it's hard to do it at first. I was in a hard season about a year ago and I had to just choose to worship and I had to choose to speak truth over it. And then this last week, our family got some really hard news um, and it didn't make it any less hard to get or to reflect on. But because I had seen God's goodness in a year ago and saw how he took me out of a dark place and made it something good, then this time I was like, okay, I want to trust you with this. Yeah, it's hard, but I've seen what you can do. And I saw how you transformed my heart last time. And I saw how much bigger you are. Um, And so this time it's hard, but I want to give it to you. And I want to walk through this hard thing with you. So Patrick, could you share a little bit about, um, I know that Traverse has, is doing exciting things. God's doing big things through it. Like some really cool news. I mean, it's not new, new, but (laughs) if you want to share some stories about that. Yeah. And I'm assuming you're talking about, uh, we, we purchased property and we're in the entitlement process for building our first building. Yes, we are. So super exciting around here. Actually, uh, this coming Sunday, we are going to be showing the renderings uh, of the building to the church. And then we will be making those uh, uh, public knowledge uh, next week. So we're super excited about that. We've been working really hard. Um, we, uh, we're a mobile church for those who don't know, we've been, uh, we planted seven and a half years ago. And, uh, over the last four years, we'd put in, uh, eight offers on different properties or buildings and God did not open those doors. And, uh, in his goodness, he, uh, opened up, uh, four acres that are adjacent to the school we've been meeting at for four and a half years uh, for seven and a half years, uh, those four acres. And it's the four acres we've wanted from day one. And it just wasn't in his timing yet, but he's so good. That's the property we're building on. And it is awesome. We cannot wait. So uh, we're excited to, to build out. We're scheduled to uh, break officially break around January 2nd. We'll have our first service on December 8th of 2024. And um, yeah, we're just going through the process. It's kind of, uh, I call it hurry up and wait or the, the feel of like if you were swimming in peanut butter. Uh, trying to get approval for uh, plans and civil engineering and all these things uh, that we've got great teams and team leaders working on for us uh, to navigate. But that's the current time plan. We just ordered steel for the building this month so it can be uh, delivered in time 
uh, after foundation is uh, poured this spring uh, that we can start uh, getting the the walls and ceiling roof up and all those things. So uh, yeah, it's a it's an exciting time. It's a it's definitely a faith filled time. Uh, you know, financially, how do we how do we navigate this, and then how do we navigate the growth and uh, the people that are gonna come and, and visit and be a part of our church. Uh, how do we do those two things? So a lot of challenges ahead, but a lot of opportunities and we're, we're excited about it. Something that has always came to mind when like finances are brought up in my personal life was actually Sean, one of the elders at our church. He consistently says, and it's, it's awesome because it's so true. Like in h- hardships or good times, don't bat, it doesn't matter. Like but when things shouldn't add up or when things shouldn't work financially, he always just says it's God math. And it's so true. Like God math doesn't abide by our own math rules. Like it's God math. It doesn't make sense. It's, it's awesome. It's awe striking. Yeah. No, I was just reading, I was just reading today, Tristan and uh, Matthew um, about Jesus and the disciples feeding the 5,000. And uh, they just brought what they had a couple of loaves and a couple of fish. Right. And it was Jesus. Who's the multiplier. And the same thing for us. We just bring what we have and uh, he's he's going to provide whatever that looks like. It could be, you know, the generosity of a handful of people, of one person. It could be uh, maybe one of the contractors that are going to be a subcontractor. They're just going to give the work to us. I don't know. We know it's going to cost a lot, but we're not going to, uh, you know, respond in fear. We're going to respond in faith. We We believe he has truly called us to step out in faith to do this. Uh, my prayer is like, Lord, if you don't want us to go, to a place or location. I want you to say no, shut it down. But if the door opens, we're going to run through it. And this door has been swung wide open and uh, we haven't had any hiccups or catches in obtaining the property or going through the building process. Uh, We now have a date on the calendar when we're supposed to have our first service. So we're going to keep just uh, running through these doors uh, and following him and uh, yeah, just trusting in and uh, his part, let God do the big things. We're just going to do the simple things, right? That's just be faithful with our time, our talent, our treasures, uh, and give to give to what's better, uh, the things of, of the kingdom and not the things of this world. And uh, we just can't wait to see how God's going to use this as a tool. This is not our home. I keep telling our church that this is just a tool. And uh, it's an instrument that we're going to use faithfully uh, to grow our faith, to reach more people for Jesus and bless our community. And I uh, can't wait to see what happens in this season. That's so cool. I love that. So you were in Cuba too, right? Mm-hmm. Recently? Yes. Do you have any cool God stories um, or ways that he worked on your heart while you were there? Oh yeah. So uh, the, uh, the purpose, uh, the premise of the trip uh, was uh, speaking. I've been on several mission trips where we're building homes or doing medical mission trips, VBSs. Uh, this one was called the Confident Faith Project. And we had the opportunity to speak to 18 to 35-year-old Cubans and how to build their faith and trust in the Lord and a culture that does not, not just the culture of Cuba, but the worldly cultures that we all live in. And so uh, I, uh, week or a week, uh, the first day, the theme was uh, confidence and truth. Day two was confidence and friendship with Jesus. And the third day was confidence and mission of Jesus. And so one of the topics or breakouts that they asked me to speak on uh, was faith, sexuality, and gender. And I was like, oh man, why don't you give me a more difficult topic? Like women's role in the church and end times, like give me the big three. Right. And so I said, yeah, I'll do that. And so I studied for months and, um, I'll just share one story. Um, I was sharing about how the church, uh, um, hasn't handled 
gender and sexuality probably uh, best, not in our truth, but how it's delivered, I believe. And so one of the things that I shared uh, is that for people to hear our truth, they have to feel our grace. If people are going to hear our truth, they got to feel our grace. And I don't think the church has been graceful uh, specifically in this particular area, uh, talking about LGBTQ, homosexuality, transgender, those kinds of things. And so um, after I finished, uh, taught for about an hour, hour and 10 minutes, I had a guy share, uh, a Cuban man, and talked about his experience, how he was actually sexually assaulted by his father. And one of the things, because of that experience, the church that he was at in Cuba comes to find out about this story, this incident. And because of that, they begin to label him that one day you are going to become gay. One day you're going to become, and he kept hearing this phrase over and over, you're going to become, you're going to become. Uh, and he prayed and fasted for seven days. And he said, Lord, I've had this awful experience happen to me. I didn't ask for it, but for whatever reason it happened. And um, I, my desire is um, not to have an attraction towards men because that's part of my story now because of something that's happened to me, something ungodly, something horrible. And uh, so he started praying and fasting for seven days and he, he met a lady and uh, he has married her. They have two or three kids now. And he just talks about the goodness of God in the midst of a tragedy that, you know, nothing of his own fault wasn't his own sin. It wasn't uh, something that he involved himself in. It was, it was something that was put upon him. And uh, it was really interesting to hear his story because so much of those experiences in those areas or same-sex attractiveness or because of a wound or a hurt, hey, I'm not going to seek out the, the gender that God has designed not only for me to be, but for me to be to attracted to. Uh, I'm going to maybe swing and look at something else, so to say. And um, it was just really cool to see how God redeemed and restored. And then his wife was there and to hear her side of the grace to say, you know what? I know this has happened to you and it's horrible, but I'm just going to love you for who you are. And uh, it was an amazing testimony. And that is the goodness of God. Like I was, I was in tears in front of like 70 or 80 people in this breakout session in this little tiny uh, dormitory uh, with, you know, young adults, 18 to 35 years old. It was awesome. It was so cool to see. So that was one of my favorite moments in, in Cuba is hearing how God can do great things in the midst of horrible things that are done to people that, had nothing to do with their own actions or responses, just the evil of man. That really shows, yeah, God is Redeemer. Definitely the definition of Redeemer. Like that, that that's big. And that's a, that's a story, how someone's tasted and seen God and changed their life and, and others. And you got to experience that. And whoever get, is listening to this will get to hear how God transformed this guy and not because of his own doing, um, but through Christ, he was able to be redeemed. And I think it's powerful how he was, he, you could see his desire and heart in that and how he was willing to fast and pray. That's powerful. That's huge. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. God's design wasn't for him. He knew God's design and he desired it. And so when he sought it out, the Lord says, yeah, I, I, my desire also is for you to live in holiness. My desire is for you to um, walk in my design. And so I'm going to honor your um, desire and I'm going to, I'm going to heal this. Well, thank you so much, Patrick. We appreciate your time. We appreciate your willingness to come on here and share how you've tasted and seen and how Traverse has tasted and seen God recently. And we'll be praying for your church, uh, for Traverse and just that God can grant you guys wisdom to keep on spreading the good news where you're at. That's, it's awesome. Encouraging to hear your stories and testimonies.
No, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, appreciate it. Thanks for letting me come on and share uh, for uh, just a few moments with you guys and blessings on uh, your ministries uh, there uh, in Spearfish and what you guys are doing. And uh, and then in addition to, to this podcast, so hopefully uh, uh, one story will encourage one person, man. It's all worth it uh, for the one. So you guys keep at it. Yes. Thank you so much, Patrick. See ya. Deuces. Deuces.